Hey guys, this is Ring of Honor's Adam Cole, and you are listening to the ROH Cast on ROHWorld.com. Hey everyone, welcome to a very special episode of ROH Cast. This is episode number 23, believe it or not. Uh, my name's Harry, I'm the web designer and co-owner of ROHWorld.com. As usual, I'm here with Stephen, the other co-owner and the editor of the website. Hi everyone. Uh, unfortunately, John couldn't be with us this week, but we have a much better guest instead. <laughs> Adam Cole is with us. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you guys very much for having me. Pleasure to be on. Good stuff. And uh, how are you today? I'm doing very good. I'm doing very good. I think I'm a little bit under the weather. Uh, I've been I've been fighting this cold for a little bit, but I think I'm uh, getting the uh, tail end of it out of the way. Uh, still training hard, still working hard. Obviously, for the gosh, it's a week from now. I still can't believe it. The ten-year anniversary <laughs> show. Um, but yeah, yeah. Other than that, I'm feeling really, really good mentally. I'm very prepared physically. I feel great. So uh, yeah, no complaints my way. It's good to hear. And uh, so yeah, we've got quite a few uh, questions for you today. Lots of uh, listener sort of um, questions as well. So uh, we'll get to them in uh, due course. But I suppose we should sort of start where it, um, you know, where it all began. Really, I mean. Uh, how did you sort of first get into wrestling? Sure. Well, uh, I grew up, like, right when I uh, started to get into wrestling, wrestling was uh, kind of transitioning into the Attitude Era, where wrestling um, was more and more becoming uh, more sexual and more violent and more uh, it kind of directed towards that 18 to 35 male demographic, at least here in the United States. Uh, so when my parents were together, they were really against me watching wrestling at a young age. So I never really pursued it um, because lots of times, you know, your your environment is uh, your reality. So because I was never really surrounded by wrestling, uh, I never really pursued it or tried to get interested in it because my parents pretty much just told me it wasn't an option. Uh, but then when I was 10 years old, my parents split um, and I was uh, doing joint visitation with both my mom and my dad, um, spending lots of times with my mom and then lots of times with my dad also. And through my mom, I actually started taking uh, karate lessons um, or where, um, you know, I, I took uh, karate. It was like a, like a weekly fair or it was uh, all during the week. It was like a Monday through Friday kind of deal. Um, and, and I fell in love with it. I really, really enjoyed it where, um, you know, I'd get there really early uh, to like work on technique and then I would stay late and like uh, do some extra conditioning and stuff. I really loved it. And I really, uh, look up to my sensei, my instructor. I kind of looked at him as like a father figure almost. And uh, one particular day I had gotten there uh, early and was stretching out and he was running on a treadmill and he was watching a taped raw from the night before where Kane and Stone Cold Steve Austin were putting Paul Bear in a sewer. <laughs> and I, I remember it. I remember it clear today and I remember him looking at me and saying, oh, are you a wrestling fan? And I said, oh yeah, I watch it all the time. Uh, when in reality, I had never watched it before. Honestly, that was my first exposure to wrestling. Uh, but I wanted to fit in with him so badly that I thought if I had one more thing that I could connect with him with, I would be closer with him. And uh, like I said, just because I looked up to him so much. So he then told me, he said, well, he goes, if you get a written note from your uh, from your mom, he goes, I'll let you borrow WrestleMania 15. Because uh, he had taped that event also. So pretty much I went home and begged my mom. I said, mom, please, you got to let me borrow this tape. And I guess she assumed that if a karate instructor who was, you know, preaching discipline and, you know, respect and hard work uh, to all these uh, young children was watching wrestling, that wrestling couldn't be all that bad. <laughs> uh, so so, so, uh, so she let me borrow the tape, 
And uh, the rest is history, man. I, I genuinely fell in love with it then. Like, uh, specifically Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock uh, were the two guys that just blew my mind. It was their, their ability. I'd never seen anything like it because you've seen concerts and you've seen sporting events. But to have just one individual walk to the ring and have 20,000 people, like, lose their minds because they heard the string of a chord of an entrance song uh, that they knew that the guy that they were so excited to see was finally going to walk out to the ring uh, was awesome to me. I'd never seen anything like it before. So that's when I really got into it as far as, uh, you know, being a fan was concerned. I, the Stone Cold Steve Austin was a huge influence for me as far as, uh, you know, becoming a diehard wrestling fan. Mm. And at so, what sort of point did you uh, sort of realize you wanted to make that transition from just being a fan to actually, you know, being in the ring and being a wrestler? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it was funny because the, the two guys that I mentioned, Steve Austin and The Rock, were also the two guys that made me uh, – want to become a professional wrestler. Um, and it was, it was two years later at WrestleMania 17. Um, because I remember people had told me before they had said, uh, that they would, anytime they were moved by something or something really inspired them, or, um, I guess they just felt it. Uh, they would get goosebumps when, when they, uh, listened to a song or like saw a scene in a movie or something like that. And, uh, I'd never experienced that before. I didn't know what they were talking about. And obviously I was young yet too. Um, so, so I didn't know what they meant by they got goosebumps by something. I just didn't, that thought process didn't uh, make sense to me, uh, until I watched, uh, you know, the, the build up to WrestleMania 17 with Limp Bizkit's My Way music video. Obviously the rock and Steve Austin were so special to me because those two were the first two that got me really into, into pro wrestling. And then just listening to that build and then, uh, you know, JR getting on the, on, on commentary right before, uh, Steve Austin came out after Howard Finkel announced the match as no disqualification, JR saying, no disqualification, when was that added? And then Steve, <laughs> Austin's, yeah. and then Steve Austin's music hitting, and 67,000 people uh, lost their minds. I got goosebumps uh, completely up my spine. And I, I even still get goosebumps just talking about it. Uh, because I, I realized, I remember sitting there on my couch, uh, and realizing at that very moment that being a fan was no longer going to be good enough. Uh, that I needed to be involved in this in some way because I was just so moved uh, by what I saw and what I was experiencing. Uh, and I say, I would say I truly fell in love with uh, with pro wrestling probably at that very moment. I remember, I'm not kidding, guys. I, I had that tape. Uh, it was a summer vacation of school. And I, I was so uh, obsessed with, with that show that I, I probably watched that show uh, at least like every other day. <laughs> uh, that entire summer vacation, like the entire event, like I, I have the I have the whole show memorized, man. I I just loved it so much, so I just watched it over and over and over again. And even if I watch it now, um, you know, it still is as special to me as it was, uh, you know, ten years earlier. So, um, yeah, yeah, that specific event kind of for me was like, okay, you know, I, I need to get involved in pro wrestling. Mm. Uh, and when did you start thinking about you know going to training and? So what time frame did you actually start, you know, start your training? Yeah, well, I remember, too, obviously being such a big fan and, like, uh, you know, getting into all different aspects of pro wrestling. Like, uh, I remember I picked up my first uh, wrestling magazine. It was called World of Wrestling, and I think it was the premiere issue. And uh, in that magazine, there was, a, uh, there was an article about Dory Funk Jr.'s wrestling school where uh, he trained, like, uh, and it had the list of guys that he trained, like Kurt Angle and the Hardy Boys and stuff like that. 
So as far as I knew, that was the only wrestling school in the entire world <laughs> because I was so naive and I didn't, I didn't understand um, that there were other wrestling schools out there. So I pretty much told my, my mom, I said, okay, mom, I said, when I graduate high school, I'm going to move down to Florida and train with Dory Funk uh, because I didn't know, uh, I didn't know any better. Um, and then I ended up picking up another book that was, it was the idiot's guide to pro wrestling volume two. And, uh, they had a, they had a top 10 list of the top 10 schools in the United States. So now I found out there were 10 different wrestling schools and the number two school was the wild Samoan school in uh, Whitehall, Pennsylvania. And at the time I lived really, really close to Lancaster PA. So this school was only like an hour and a half away. So I got even more excited because I'm like, oh, now I don't even have to move that far away from home because I'm very, very close with my family. So it was uh, it was cool to think that I would be able to to uh, stay close with them and train there. Um, and then obviously as time went on and I was in high school and I got to my later years of high school and everyone's talking about going to college and um, you know deciding what they want to do with their lives, I still wanted to be a pro wrestler. Um, and, and I had gotten really into independent wrestling at this point. So I'd gone to a couple independent shows. And uh, kind of long story short, I remember going to a CZW show. It was uh, Best of the Best 7. And uh, I waited behind, uh, you know, the former ECW arena to, like, meet all the guys and, uh, you know, get pictures or whatever. And uh, I met DJ Hyde. And uh, DJ was very approachable, very easy to talk to. So I ended up, uh, you know, building up the courage to tell him that eventually when I graduate high school, I want to start, you know, training to be a pro wrestler. And uh, he had told me, he said, well, you're more than welcome to come try out now. And I'd expressed to him my concern because I had known other wrestling schools had run like a Monday through Thursday deal. And I lived two and a half hours away. And I just had a part-time job where I was barely making enough money. Uh, and I certainly would not be able to pay the full tuition of a wrestling school. So I expressed to him my concern uh, with that. And to his credit, he told me, he goes, hey, he goes, if you can only come down once a week, he goes, I'll work with you on money as long as you eventually pay me off. If you can't make the entire payment up front, he goes, I more than understand. He goes, but if you really want to train and you really want to be a wrestler, you know, I'll let you start that process right now. And that for me was, was it. I, I was completely sold. I wanted to get in a wrestling ring so bad, and he was so willing to work with me um, that I started training November 14th of 2007. And uh, I was a junior in high school at that time. And, uh, you know, DJ was uh, was very, very tough on me and tough on uh, everyone in our class where, uh, you know, he beat the crap out of us. It was uh, like a very, like, old-school mentality of, uh, you know, the first month we were there, we, we couldn't even get in the ring. Uh, you know, he made sure that we wanted it first, which is something I, uh, I really admire and respect um, because he made sure that if you didn't respect pro wrestling coming in, you certainly left respecting it going out. And even though I respected it going in, I was so afraid of everybody and so timid. Um, you know, he still made sure that you really, really respected this entire, this entire process and this entire sport. Um, so, and then, and then also, you know, with him being so tough on us, um, to his credit also, he went above and beyond of being a trainer where every single weekend that he had a show at the end of training, he would say to us, uh, okay, guys, I have a show you know, here this weekend, if any of you want to go along and help set up the ring, uh, help show your face and just meet people and, and watch, watch the wrestling show and see what's good and see what's bad and just learn and understand the process of being on the road and things like that, you're more than welcome to come along. 
And uh, I was one of those guys that every single weekend he had a show, I was there. And, uh, you know, I helped set up the ring. I helped tear it down. I met people. Uh, so because of him uh, taking me to those shows, uh, I got to make some connections very early on. I got to learn very quick um, because I wasn't just um, confined inside a training center. I was actually out, you know, following him to all these different independents and meeting all these different people. So I got some opportunities and some, some pretty good ones very early on. So he was really, really instrumental in my training uh, pretty much from the get-go. Mm. And, you know, going up down to, to your first match, I mean, how, how much do you sort of remember about that, that first match? Yeah, um, well, I, I remember uh, my first match um, was actually a battle royal inside uh, the ECW arena. Um, so getting to have my first match inside uh, that arena was so special to me, um, obviously because of the history behind that building. I don't need to go into detail about, you know, how special that building is to, uh, you know, all the wrestlers and all the fans who have got to, uh, you know, be a part of an event that has been mm -hmm. held there. Um, so obviously, but m you know, my nerves were, uh, were shot. I was so scared. I was so afraid. Um, I wanted to do so good. Um, and I, I didn't even have gear at the time. I remember I, I borrowed, um, another student at the school at the time, LJ Cruz, I borrowed his tights. And then another guy, um, who wrestles for CDW now, Alex Cologne, I borrowed his kick pads. Um, so I just looked like a mess. <laughs> like it wasn't even my gear. It didn't even fit right. Uh, but I, I wanted to wrestle so bad. Um, so, so I had my gear and I just remember being so nervous, uh, for this battle Royal. And now you look back and realize that battle Royals are pretty much kick, punch and choke. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's really not difficult. Um, but, but obviously me being at, you know, my first match and, you know, wanting to do good and wanting to do well. Um, and I, I remember too, just that, that high that I felt after it was over, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I had my first pro wrestling match and I got to do it in the arena. And, you know, guys like Ruckus and Delirious and Devin Moore were all in this battle royal. So I was just like a, just a kid in a candy store, man. I was I was <laughs> so excited and so thrilled that I that I got to be a part of that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that, that's for sure. That was uh, April 6th, uh, 2008 was my first, uh, my first wrestling match. Hmm. And we've got a few uh, listener questions there about, about CZW. Um, Adam on Facebook says, were you ever offered or tempted to do any death matches in CZW? Um, to DJ Hyde's credit, he kind of knew from the beginning um, that, that I wasn't really interested in being a death match wrestler. Um, and that by no means means, or that by no means uh, means that I don't respect uh, what those guys do and what those guys put their bodies through. I think a lot of the uh, death match guys now that CZW has are just some of the best in the world at what they do when it comes to death match wrestling. And they know how to tell a story uh, with deathmatch wrestling as well. Guys like Drake Younger, guys like Masada, um, are just are just so good at that art form of pro wrestling. Um, but but you know DJ knew uh, you know the kind of wrestler that I wanted to be and where I wanted to go and things like that. Uh, so he knew um, that that wasn't something I was necessarily interested in. So I've I've never really been tempted uh, or never been asked uh, to to do a deathmatch. Um, even though, uh, you know, like I said, CCW has been has been known for producing uh, that kind of product. But but also, too, I think, uh, to touch a little bit more on CCW, I think a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth, and they assume that, uh, you know, CCW is just all deathmatch wrestling, and it's all garbage wrestling, and, you know, none of their guys there can wrestle. 
but but CZW now is probably uh, you know more well-rounded than it's ever been. Um, you know, CZW is uh, you know like I said known for its ultraviolet wrestling, but that's just the icing on the cake. Whereas the cake is uh, you know you have some of the best high flyers in the world, guys like AR Fox. Uh, you have some great technical wrestlers, guys like Jake Crist. Um, you have really, really good hard-hitting wrestlers, guys like Masada, like I mentioned earlier, guys like Sammy Callahan. And uh, you have great characters in comedy wrestling, like uh, Greg Excellent is hilarious. He's, he's so good at what he does, too. Uh, so I think if people would give CCW a chance and really kind of look look at it for uh, for the shows that it's producing, I think they would really enjoy themselves because uh, right now CCW really is a very well-rounded company. Um but yeah, yeah. So uh, that uh, CCW kind of as a whole is uh, probably more rounded, more well-rounded than it's ever been. And uh, people who go to the shows, I think, would really have a good time. Mm, definitely. And um, another one here from uh, Harpoon IPA. He says, "I've seen you playing a heel in CCW, and you're awesome at it. If you had, if you had your choice, what would you be playing in ROH, heel or babyface?" Oh, that, that's a great question. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, two years ago, if you would have asked me that question, I would have said certainly uh, that I wish I could be a heel in CZW or a heel in Ring of Honor, like the character that I play in CZW, uh, because I felt so much more comfortable as a heel. Ever since I started wrestling, um, I've always uh, been able to pick up on the heel aspect of uh, of the industry, I think, a lot easier than the babyface role. And I think that's the case for a lot of guys uh when they're when they start in pro wrestling. Uh but as I got to develop here as a babyface in Ring of Honor, I've really, really grown to uh appreciate and enjoy uh that role that I that I play in Ring of Honor uh as a babyface. Um so to to say that someday uh I would love to be a heel in Ring of Honor would be completely accurate. I, I do think uh as a heel in ROH I I would have a lot to offer and uh like I said I feel so much more creative uh, as a heel, both promo promo wise and in ring wise, um, but I'm I'm really really enjoying my role right now in Ring of Honor as a babyface, and I feel really confident um, as a babyface. Uh, so I, I really do enjoy my role right now. Um, but I I would uh, definitely love a love a heel run in Ring of Honor someday. Mm. I mean, personally for you, how, how much did you sort of have to transition from, you know, wrestling in CDW to then coming to Ring of Honor and having, you know, a totally different character and it being, you know, quite a different sort of style of, of wrestling, I guess? Yeah, well, uh, fortunately for me, I think the transition was uh, was fairly easy, and that's because I was in a tag team with Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, anytime you're in a tag team, that kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off um, solely on you because the attention isn't fully on you. Um, and, and the cool thing about me and Kyle was, is me and him are so different in the ring. Um, whereas what he portrays and who he is in ring wise is so much different than who Adam Cole is. So I got to learn a lot from Kyle O'Reilly and then in turn, Kyle O'Reilly got to learn a lot from me. Um, so, uh, the transition at first was, was very, very difficult and, uh, very, very intimidating because, you know, in lots of cases, you'll talk to guys on the independents and their whole goal in pro wrestling is not to go to WWE, not to go to TNA, not to wrestle overseas. It's to be in Ring of Honor. And, you know, a lot of guys feel that way. So, obviously, I felt the pressure very early on. But, um, you know, myself and Kyle really, really wanted to be in Ring of Honor. So, we weren't going to give ROH any kind of reason to think that they made the wrong decision for bringing us in. Uh, so, having Kyle there kind of... Uh, to gauge off of and uh, to, 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 to uh, excuse me, to talk to 
uh, and then having a locker room full of guys who are just so willing to help you out and so willing to um, kind of help you improve your game and things like that. Uh, you know, Ring of Honor, the transitioning there was actually it was actually quite easy um, because you just have, like I said, a locker room full of guys who are so helpful and uh, so willing to help you get to where you would like to go. And uh, because I had Kyle there um, and because Kyle had me there, we had each other to feed off of. Uh, so making the transition there as a baby face, um, although very intimidating at first, I think uh, came along very, very smoothly. Mm. Uh, Larry Atto now from our forum says, is it true that you were going to be brought in as a heel uh, for the embassy with me Yim before the book of change uh, from Adam Pearce to Delirious? Uh, I had heard that rumor. Um, I, I do know that initially when, uh, when, when I was contacted or no, I'm sorry, when, when I was contacting Ring of Honor, um, cause I, I had been doing, uh, you know, dark matches at this point for like a year and a half. And, uh, I, although Adam Pierce liked my work, I hadn't really done anything, uh, to like wow him and make him go, okay, we need to bring this guy onto our roster. So as I was sitting down thinking of, you know, different things that I could do to, to get Adam Pierce's attention and get ring of honors attention, I thought, okay, he's seen my, uh, my in ring stuff uh plenty by now so i need to do something to to catch his attention otherwise so i thought i thought that the best route to go actually was to start sending adam pierce some promos uh so i sent adam pierce a bunch of my heel promos that i had done in other promotions like czw and uh maryland championship wrestling and things like that and uh he really really enjoyed them uh so the next time i did a uh, ring of honor dark match all he wanted me to do actually was was cut an in-ring promo so I had uh, I had gone to the HC Net tapings in Philadelphia, and as part of the dark match, um, I actually cut an in-ring promo. Unfortunately, Jim Cornette had seen it, and uh, Jim Cornette was really really impressed as well. So uh, that was when the whole process of signing me to a contract came about, and uh, kind of bringing me into Ring of Honor. And I know Adam Pierce initially had said that he wanted to bring me in as a heel, and that was his uh, his big plan. Um, I don't know about the embassy thing. I, like I said, I had heard rumblings that that was a possibility, but no one had ever come to me and said, hey, we're going to bring you in as a heel and you're going to be the new crown jewel. Uh, so that, that was by no means ever promised to me or anything. And then uh, obviously, you know, uh, Adam Pierce was let go as, as the head booker of Ring of Honor and uh, Delirious was brought in. And his vision for me was completely different. Um, he wanted to bring me in as a baby face and kind of use me as a baby face which was, uh, you know, perfectly fine with me, obviously, too, uh, to, to come in with that direction. So, yeah, the initial plan was definitely to uh, to use me as a heel when Adam Pierce was in charge. Um, but then, obviously, with, with Delirious taking over, uh, I instead came in as a babyface. Mm. And as you mentioned, you know, you did, you did a lot of star matches for the uh, HGNet show. I mean, how, how good was it finally to sort of, uh, you know, finally get the contract after, you know, such a, a long time of doing these dark matches? Oh, it was a great feeling um, because I remember, too, a couple of dark matches I had had, just uh, especially the first two that I had just were not that good. Um, you know, I was in there. The, the first one that I had was uh, with John Kerman, who's a guy from uh, Virginia who's very, very talented. Um, but because I was, uh, you know, I was so nervous, and uh, it was the first day at the HD Net tapings where uh, the, the importance of staying within your time frame is so important when working for television. 
Whereas, uh, you know, before we were so used to, uh, you know, the independence where it's if you have eight to 10 minutes, if you go 12 minutes, it's no big deal. If you go six minutes, it's no, it's no big deal. They just kind of give you a, a gauge or an idea of, of what they were envisioning for you. Whereas TV, if you have six minutes, uh, you have to go six minutes. If you go six minutes and 10 seconds, that's a big problem. Uh, or mm. if you go, you know, 10 seconds under, that's a big problem. So learning that is a, just an entirely different art form. Um, so the first dark match I had had uh, with John Kerman, we were under like 20 seconds. And our mindset was, okay, you know, great. Um, we're going to make them happy because we had gone under, so we've given more time for everyone else. Well, that wasn't the case. They wanted exactly six minutes. Um, so I was, you know, obviously bummed out about that. And then the next night, my, our match went a little long. So we got yelled at for that also. So I thought, oh, great. I've made the, the worst possible first impression here. I'm never going to get a job here. Uh, so I was really, really upset my first, uh, my first weekend of doing dark matches. And then as I continued to do, uh, to do dark matches, I'd gotten much better with staying inside the time frame, and I'd kind of understood that formula now of being able to hit my time like exactly on time, which was such a good learning experience for me. Uh, definitely as a wrestler, especially if you want to get to that next level of working television. Um, so, but yeah, you know, as I was doing these dark matches, like I said, um, I was I was very happy to be there and very excited to be there. But obviously, I wanted more. I wanted to be on the roster and things like that. So finally, when I got the the uh, the offer for the Ring of Honor contract, I, I mean, <laughs> I wish everybody could have seen my face because I could have, uh, <laughs> you know, not not been more thrilled or not been more excited. Um, I was so happy to, to be a part of uh, a ring of honor and uh, what ROH brings to the table. I, I, in so many cases, believe it's vision and what it is and what it promotes. So, uh, you know, being an ROH after being a fan, you know, in middle school and high school for so long was uh, absolutely a dream come true. Mm. And obviously then, you know, you and Carl sort of uh, formed a, a tag team. Was that, was that idea from, from Delirious? And sort of what, what was your reaction uh, to that? Yeah, I remember, um, you know, me and Kyle both got signed to contracts uh, very closely uh, at the same time. Uh, and then because me and Kyle uh, had been predominantly singles wrestlers throughout our, uh, you know, short careers at this point, we definitely thought that we were going to be singles guys because a lot of our dark matches were singles matches uh, and things like that. And then Delirious came at us with, with the idea of, uh, you know, me and Kyle teaming. And, uh you know, initially, me and Kyle were uh, were definitely surprised. Uh, we by we by no means were annoyed because we were you know so happy to be in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Uh, and and who were who were we to say like, oh no, this isn't what we want to do? And, and that was not that was totally not the case either. Like me and Kyle were definitely excited about being a team together because uh, we had been opponents in other promotions. Uh, but we were a little bit worried because um, you know, like I said earlier about me and Kyle's styles being so different. And then also me and Kyle, you know, nine times out of ten being singles wrestlers, we were curious to, as to see as, you know, how this was going to work. And I think Ring of Honor kind of felt the same way. I don't think this by any means was Delirious' big vision of like, oh, yeah, definitely. we got to have Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly team together. I think our team was a complete let's throw it against the wall and see if it sticks because we're not sure what to do with these guys. Yeah. Uh, and uh, fortunately for us, I think it did stick. I, me and Kyle instantly – clicked and instantly gelled i think it's one of those cases where um because we made such good opponents against each other uh that we also were a pretty good team together too 
And then kind of as time went on, we, you know, continued to gel more and more and our chemistry got better and better. And Kyle, you know, became one of my best friends uh, in pro wrestling. So uh, the team ended up being such a blessing. And it really, too, changed my entire attitude of tag team wrestling because I, because I hadn't been involved in it that much. You know, I always said I always wanted to be a singles wrestler. That was always my goal. And it was always what I wanted to do. Uh, but after teaming with Kyle, uh, tag team wrestling has become one of my favorite things to do in pro wrestling. And I, I love doing it. I mm. love being a part of it. Uh, because even back then, or, you know, way back, tag team wrestling was a gimmick match um, because it was it was so different. It was so exciting, uh, you know, way back in way back in the old days. And now, you know, tag team wrestling is so predominant that it isn't looked as, looked as such anymore. Uh, but tag team wrestling is so fun because there's so many different elements that add to the excitement of the matches. And, uh, you know, especially in Ring of Honor, you can really uh, you can really get rocking and rolling and create a lot of exciting uh, moments in tag team matches. So I, I really, really enjoyed my time teaming with Kyle, that's for sure. Mm. And obviously, you know, you say you've enjoyed it and you've had, uh, you know, lots of great matches. Would you say you have uh, one match uh, that you and Kyle have had that really sort of stands, uh, you know, above the others? Yeah, I don't know if uh, it, it, that's tough because there's uh, there's definitely certain matches where I would say, okay, this match right here is kind of what describes what me and Kyle O'Reilly did best as a tag team. Like this is uh, this is like our body of work. Uh, I definitely feel like I have a couple of those, like like me and Kyle's match with the American Wolves in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina at Ring of Honor's No Escape is a match I'm really proud of. Uh, me and Kyle also had a match with the leaders of the new school at uh, WXW and the 16-karat uh, gold tournament in Germany on night three that I'm really, really proud of. Uh, and then WrestleMania weekend uh, where myself and Kyle wrestled the Briscoe brothers and the Kings of Wrestling in back-to-back nights uh, were also matches that I'm really proud of. Uh, but I would say the one that, that is probably the most special to me was uh, this was right when me and Kyle got signed to ROH. And I remember we went to Ring of Honor's Glory by Honor show in the Manhattan Center. And we were just there to watch. Um, and that was when Tyler Black wrestled Roderick Strong, I believe, for the ROH world title. Oh, yeah. uh, the Kings of Wrestling wrestled Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas for the first time. And I remember me and Kyle were, uh, were actually uh, standing back um, kind of watching from the crowd and I leaned over to Kyle and I said, Kyle, I said, how cool would it be, man? I said, if we got to open final battle 2010 this year <laughs> and he goes, he looks at me and goes, Oh man, he goes, that'd be so awesome. He goes, I know, uh, I know that shot is slim to none. He goes, but it is cool to think about. I'm like, yeah, man, I agree. You know? Um, <laughs> and obviously me and Kyle were talking about wrestling each other. Um, but we did get to end up opening final battle 2010 only we didn't wrestle each other. We were uh, we were partners, and we wrestled the All Night Express. Yeah. And uh, that yeah that night in New York City, uh, the crowd was so receptive and treated us so well that I will never forget it. And uh, I think that match is so special to me in my heart uh, because I really feel like we proved that night that we belonged in Ring of Honor. I don't think we necessarily proved that we were a team that was going to hold the ROH World Tag Titles that we're going to be mainstays in Ring of Honor. But I felt like that night we just showed something to, to the Ring of Honor locker room and to the Ring of Honor office and, uh, and to the fans um, that, hey, you know, we really do want to be here and we belong and, uh, you know, we're staying around for the long haul. So that, that match will always be very, very special to me for sure. 
Mm. I mean, it was almost this, as if, uh, you know, when I was watching live on iPad view that you'd been teaming for years, the way the, way the crowd sort of touched you instantly. It was almost as if you'd been, you know, in Ring of Honor for, for, for years. And, uh, you know, it was uh, quite special, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's the thing is, uh, for whatever reason, um, specifically New York City has always been super awesome to me and O'Reilly. Like, like every time we have a match there, uh, New York is always really, really excited to see Future Shock, and they always let us know that, uh, you know, they're pumped to see our match. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget that, like, uh, because you hear it all the time from wrestlers saying that, you know, the fans are so important and the fans are so special. And uh, sometimes because it's said so much, I think it gets overlooked, but it's so true. Like, uh, that match specifically was so special to me, not because, you know, the things in the ring went well, and uh, and things like that, but it was because the fans were so emotionally invested and so involved in that match. And, uh, you know, ever since then, New York has always been really, really good to me and Kyle, and I think that's why I'm so excited for this 10-year anniversary event coming up March 4th, is, uh, you know, for any for any place for this match to take place, uh, for it to be New York City, has me so excited and so amped up for this event um, that that I really can't even describe it. So, I'm I'm really really thankful to New York City for being as good to uh, myself and and Kyle as they have been uh, over the past year or two. Mm. And sort of fast forwarding now towards uh, you know, the present and you know with the, with the current storyline on the the Ring of Honor TV show, it, it looks as if we've seen that the last of Future Shock. I mean, is is that the case? Is you know have we seen our last Future Shock match? Uh, I I certainly hope not. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, because by no means, with with, uh, with the situation that's going on with you know myself, Eddie Edwards, Kyle O'Reilly, and Davey Richards, um, I by no means hate Kyle O'Reilly. Um, but but the issue with it was was always that you know when me and Kyle were teaming, I remember I got asked a question, um, and someone it was a great question. They said, uh, you know, Future Shock has had all these you know great Ring of Honor performances, um, but why do you think that Future Shock never succeeded? And I think uh, the biggest reason, and I don't mean to put blame on Kyle O'Reilly here, obviously, because, uh, you know, I could have done things to improve as well. But I, I think Kyle's focus on Davey Richards was what hurt us the most. Um, I, I think his, I mean, and obviously Davey is his trainer, he's his trainer, his mentor, um, and, and someone that Kyle really, really looks up to. Um, but because I was so focused on making Future Shock the best team that it could be, and Kyle was maybe spending a little more attention on Davey Richards, I think that really, really hurt our team. Uh, so I think it was natural for me to make the decision to uh, to form a team with Eddie Edwards uh, because a lot of people, too, have looked at, you know, uh, you know Kyle O'Reilly as, uh, you know, he's the standout. He's going to be the guy who's the future of Ring of Honor. And Eddie Edwards went through the same thing with Davey Richards. Uh, everyone looked at Davey and said, no, no, Davey's the guy. Davey's the future. Davey's the face of Ring of Honor. And me and Eddie Edwards do not feel that way. We feel that we're just as capable, if not more capable, than Kyle O'Reilly and Davey Richards. So that's kind of the beef here. Um, so like I said, there's no, there's no kind of blood feud with me and Kyle O'Reilly. I don't hate his guts. I don't uh, you know, turn my back to him when I see him or anything like that. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly is certainly a guy that I still consider a friend, and I, and I hope this isn't the end of Future Shock. Uh, but right now we have a lot we need to prove to ourselves. And I think the 10-year anniversary event at, at uh, you know March 4th in New York City will uh, will settle a lot of that. Mm. 
and you mentioned now you obviously you formed the team with uh, Eddie Edwards. I mean, how tough has it been from you know going from one uh, one partner to another, and how, how sort of different uh, has it been uh, you know to teaming with uh, Eddie? Yeah, I, I think the biggest difference for me is when when me and Kyle teamed, uh, we had a lot more that we could relate to each other as far as we were both new in Ring of Honor. Uh, we both were really, really scratching and clawing for a spot, and we both kind of pushed each other to uh, to make each other better. Whereas I look at Eddie Edwards, uh, very similar to the way that Kyle looks at Davey, I look at Eddie as like a mentor. Uh, he's a guy that I've always admired and respected, and, uh, you know, just seeing some of the matches that he's had, and, uh, you know, he's a former ROH world champion. He's the only Triple Crown winner in Ring of Honor. Uh, so I kind of look at this whole experience for me as a, as a giant learning experience. Um, because Eddie is so talented and because Eddie is so good, um, he can kind of guide me. And I'm hoping with this uh, partnership with Eddie Edwards uh, that he'll actually be able to kind of push me to the next level and push me uh, to my limits and make, you know, Adam Cole an even better wrestler. Um, so that's the position I find myself in right now with, uh, with Eddie. I kind of look at that as like a, um, a big test for me and a big growing period for me within Ring of Honor. And I remember the first, uh, you know, tag team match that we had in, uh, at the television tapings in Baltimore. A lot of people were curious to see how our chemistry as a team was going to be. And I'll be honest, me and Eddie thought the same thing. Uh, but fortunately, the chemistry was there. We gelled uh, pretty much right off the bat uh, because me and Eddie are both on the exact same page. And that is, you know, we want to prove that we are indeed better than Kyle O'Reilly and Davey Richards. Um, so I think this partnership for me is, is you know, nothing but positive. Um, you know, throughout the year, hopefully if me and Eddie continue to tag uh, together, hopefully I'll just continue to grow and get better as a wrestler. Mm. Uh, another listener uh, question here from Harpoon IPA. He says, uh, how do you feel ROH has done at building you up on the new TV show? Well, we find, uh, we find ourselves in an interesting predicament because a lot of the focus has been on, uh, a lot of the focus has been on, you know, Davey Richards, Kyle O'Reilly, and Eddie Edwards, you know, a lot of the, uh, the issue and the problems that Davey and Eddie have had here over the past couple of months. And then obviously Kyle O'Reilly sticking his nose, um, you know, in their business has, uh, created a little more attention on Kyle O'Reilly. And I've kind of been the guy who's, uh, who's been kind of pushed to the wayside in this whole problem because I haven't, I haven't stuck my nose in anyone's business. Um, so, so I think, uh, I think going into New York city, that this entire story is so interesting because you have such a giant focus on three guys in this match. And then I'm not going to kid myself, man. I'm kind of like the dark horse in this thing. I'm kind of a guy that uh, people are curious to see how everything's going to pan out come, uh, come March 4th. So I look at this as a giant opportunity for me uh, to kind of stand out and make my name because of the situation that has been going on on television. Uh, because I haven't gotten involved in all this drama and things like that, I've been more focused on, uh, you know, becoming a better wrestler and, and making sure that I'm fully ready for March 4th. Um, so I, I actually take this as a, as a giant advantage for me um, be, because these guys are so wrapped up into what's going on uh, in their personal lives, and I'm more focused on, okay, this is my shot, uh, you know, to make the Adam Cole name in New York City on March 4th. I think I have quite a, quite a good advantage coming into this uh, because a lot of the focus hasn't been on me uh, here on television. So hopefully after March 4th, uh, you know, a lot of the story uh, on the ROH TV show will be how Adam Cole made his name in New York City. Mm. 
Uh, and yet another uh, listener topic here from uh, Marketh on the forum. He says, uh, what are your feelings on the increasing MMA influence on re- in Ring of Honor? And uh, do you feel any pressure yourself to sort of start going, you know, towards uh, maybe towards that style a bit more? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. And that's something that a lot of people uh, seem to have been talking about lately. And uh, what I think is going on here is um, obviously if you're the Ring of Honor world champion, uh, you're the focal point of the company. You're the guy that everyone pays attention to. And uh, because Davey has such a strong influence uh, in mixed martial arts and what he does outside of pro wrestling, uh, naturally a lot of MMA focus has been uh, in in the Ring of Honor wrestling scene right now. Um, So because of that, um, a lot of people have asked me that very question that I was asked. Do you feel the need to uh, start influencing yourself and maybe adding a little more MMA repertoire um, to to Adam Cole? And and the answer is that, uh, excuse me, the answer to that is no. Um, I I feel that I've gotten a ring of honor uh, based on what I've done as a professional wrestler. I don't feel the need to change um, who I am as a wrestler um, because the guy who on top right now uh, happens to wrestle that way. And that by no means um, is saying that what Davey is doing has not worked for Davey because what Davey has done has worked tremendously for him. Obviously, he's, uh, he's the best wrestler in the world. He's the ring of honor world champion, and there's no denying that. Um, however, I do think that, uh, with my abilities and with my talents, that if I continue to grow as, uh, as the Adam Cole wrestler that I am becoming, uh, that I one day may have the ability to become ROH world champion and I will, uh, and I'll do it with my style and I'll do it with uh, my own flair to it. Um, so no, I don't really feel any pressure, um, to go that MMA route. And, uh, like I said, I think the MMA, uh, aspect of, of pro wrestling in ring of honor has grown so much is because uh, Davey, Davey is the focal point of this company. Uh, but that by no means uh, means that everyone who's challenging for his championship uh, will start wrestling uh, you know, that style. As a matter of fact, I think uh, the more that we stay away from it, the better advantage that we have against Davey. Because it'd be like, for example, if I were to, um, let's say, uh, for example, we'll make, a, we'll make even a UFC reference. If I were to, uh, if I were to fight Chuck Liddell in his prime, Chuck Liddell being a tremendous stand-up fighter, um, if because I was getting ready for my big title match against Chuck Liddell, if my thought process was, okay, because he's so good at stand-up, I got to just really improve my stand-up and try to match Chuck Liddell in the stand-up, I would get knocked out. I'd be done because Chuck Liddell's the best in the world at that. So my aspect with Davey uh, and his influence with MMA, of him being such a good, uh, you know, uh, like I said, with the strikes and the submissions and kicks and things like that, the way Davey is, I would take the completely different approach and uh, I would try to be something different and try to do something different uh, to beat Davey because I know that if I went that route, uh, there's a very good chance that Davey would eat me alive. So I would do everything that I could to, uh, you know, be different and um, try to do something that Davey would have to try to kind of change his game up uh, to, to wrestle with me. So, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my outlook on that as far as uh, the entire MMA influence uh, within Ring of Honor. Mm. Uh, right, another one from Lariato. He says, "Why don't you use your Panama Sunrise finish finisher in ROH?" I'll tell you what. I, I've uh, I've tried it on a couple guys, and it just hasn't worked. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, the uh, actually now um, I actually uh, just now recently at the uh, the Ring of Honor TV tapings, I uh, I used a move. It was a straight jacket German suplex uh, that I had been working on for quite some time, and I was waiting for the right moment. Uh, to, to, to whip it out and bring it out because um, 
I felt like I hadn't really perfected it yet. And I feel like I'm really, really close uh, to, to getting that move as uh, as being an established, uh, you know, finishing move in Ring of Honor. And uh, I actually beat Matt Taven with it um, at the last Ring of Honor TV tapings in Baltimore. Um, so I've really, really, really been working on that, trying to make that as uh, as effective as possible, something that I can do to uh, to pretty much everyone on the ROH roster. And uh, like I said, I feel like I'm really, really close to uh, perfecting it. So that's been the one that I've really, really been focusing on. Because like I said, I tried using the Panama Sunrise a couple times in Ring of Honor, and it just has not panned out for me. Uh, so, you know, anytime in pro wrestling that something isn't working, you have to adapt. That's what makes uh, good wrestlers good wrestlers. Yeah. So uh, by by me not being able to uh, to use that finisher in ROH, I thought, okay, what could I do, or what could I work on, or what can I uh, what can I use to start beating some guys? And uh, you know, hopefully this this new straight jacket German suplex will do that for me. We'll see. Mm. I know Kevin Kelly was very uh, impressed by it when uh, when it happened on the TV show a couple of weeks ago. So uh, that's a good sign, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one from. Uh, Tholzerman, I think it is, uh, on Twitter. He says, um, did you feel like you had finally arrived in Ring of Honor after taking Roderick Strong to his limits in Philadelphia? Oh, man, yeah, that was, uh, that was, a, that was a heck of an uh, interesting evening for me um, b- because, obviously, me and Kyle had, uh, it had been announced that me and him were wrestling uh, you know, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas in Philadelphia at the National Guard Armory. Uh, that was that alone was special to me because uh, I had gone to a bunch of Ring of Honor shows as a fan when I was in uh, middle school and high school in the National Guard Armory. Uh, that was the building that I always went to and uh, where I first really fell in love with Ring of Honor. So when Ring of Honor returned to the National Guard Armory, that was a really special moment for me uh, in itself uh, to be able to wrestle in that building after going there for so long as a fan. And then obviously with Eddie Edwards having staff infection, um, I was the guy who needed to step up and take on Roderick Strong in a no-holds-barred match. And uh, that match, again, when uh, earlier when we were talking about special moments, uh, that specific match will, will always be very, very special to me, mainly because of the, uh, the ovation that I received afterwards. Uh, because oftentimes you hear that, uh, you know, Philadelphia is one of the hardest crowds to impress. And um, if, you can, uh, if you can impress the Philadelphia crowd, you can impress anyone because lots of times they're very jaded and very opinionated. And when they like something, they let you know. If they don't, look, if they don't like something, they definitely let you know. Um, so, so having that match with Roderick Strong and kind of going toe-to-toe with him really built my confidence up is to say, okay, you know, maybe, maybe, I, uh, maybe I am growing and maybe I am getting better and maybe I do have a shot at one day uh, headlining this company. Uh, because me and Roddy went toe-to-toe and uh, hold-for-hold, and he beat the crap out of me, and I beat the crap out of him, and it was, uh, it was a knockdown, drag-out fight, as they say. Um, mm. But like I said, that, uh, that standing ovation that, that Philadelphia gave me after that match, I actually literally broke down in the ring, and that was, uh, that was completely real. Um, that, there was no, uh, that was not planned. That wasn't like part of the, uh, the storyline, quote-unquote. Those were real tears. Um, because I was so moved and so uh, so honored that uh, that Philadelphia gave me that ovation that they did, and uh, I will never forget that. And I I certainly hope the next time I'm in Philadelphia that uh, I'll be able to stand there with my hand raised instead of uh, you know sitting there with a loss. Um, but yeah, I certainly will never ever forget that. And I feel that 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 match in Philadelphia with Roderick Strong. I don't know if uh, I don't know if um, a rival is the right term. Um, 
but I certainly feel that uh, my confidence really, really built up, and I certainly felt that, you know, inside my heart, I know that um, I have the chance one day to uh, to main event this company. Hmm. Right, um, this is quite an interesting one from at Jeff Jackson 378 on Twitter. He says, Adam, what's more important to you, putting it all out there for the fans or making sure that you stay healthy long term? That, yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, it's funny um, because a, a lot of people do have that mindset of, um, you know, making sure that your body is very, very healthy and uh, making sure that you take care of yourself and things like that. And obviously, um, that is very important because I, I would like to have a long career in pro wrestling. Uh, and I do everything I can outside of the ring um, to make sure that I do that. Like, uh, you know, obviously I work out as much as I can. I eat correctly. I even started going to a chiropractor uh, too as well uh, just to make sure that I stay as healthy as I possibly can. Um, but at the same time, I do believe a lot of the reason that some guys get hurt is because they have a fear of getting hurt. And um, one of my biggest things is when I go out there, when I wrestle and I'm there, I'm in the ring for that either six minutes or 30 minutes. Uh, I'm not afraid of anything. There's nothing that scares me. Um, and because of that, um, I think I've risked injury. Like I haven't had any really, really serious injuries. I've had a couple concussions, uh, but that comes with, uh, you know, the price of being a pro wrestler. Uh, so I fully believe in going out and treating every single match like it's your very last match and going out and giving uh, the people who paid their money uh, your absolute best. Because that, that was always my thought process is when you really think about it, say hypothetically that uh, you, uh, you and a friend want to go to a Ring of Honor wrestling show and say so you buy general admission tickets, that's $25 a piece. And then it's gas to get to the building and that costs money. Then there's tolls. Uh, you know, on the toll road, that, that costs money. And then if you want to get food, that costs money. And then if you want to buy merchandise, that costs money. And then more importantly than that, it's time. You know, on, on a Saturday evening, if uh, some guys leave at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and they get home at 1 in the morning because they spent their Saturday night to go enjoy themselves and watch you wrestle and watch you perform, um, I certainly, no matter what promotion I work for under any circumstance, want to make sure that when those people leave, they go, man, I really enjoyed that Adam Cole match. Um, you know, that's my entire goal and that's my entire outlook on, uh, on every, every wrestling card that I've ever been on. I, I always give my 100% every time I'm out there. And, uh, you know, I by no means ever want to settle for, for giving them, uh, you know, a half-assed performance or anything like that. I always, uh, always try to give it my all. And then I just make sure that I do the things that I have to do outside of the ring to stay healthy. But um, I don't, I don't think uh, I'd be able to sleep good that night if I, if I knew that I didn't give uh, the audience the absolute best match that I possibly could. Yeah. Right. Um, another one from MFKR78. He says, um, "Who are your, who are your favorite wrestlers to watch, and who have been your favorites you've wrestled against?" Oh, great question. Um, my, my favorite to watch probably has been uh, Shawn Michaels. Um, just because uh, the guy blows my mind every time I see him wrestle. Uh, whether he's a heel, whether he's a baby face, whether he's on the microphone, it doesn't matter. He always steals the show. And uh, just his, his entire outlook of no matter how many people tell him that you know he's the best, it could be Triple H, it could be Ric Flair, it could be The Undertaker. Hell, it could be Vince McMahon himself could say he's the greatest that he's ever seen. Uh, it's not good enough for Sean. Sean always felt like he needed to be better. He always felt like he needed to improve. Even though his last string of matches there with The Undertaker, 
Um, Shawn Michaels uh, never settled for anything less than perfection. He always strove to have the absolute best match that he could. Um, he, again, was another guy who never looked at it as, okay, I'm going to take it easy tonight because i got to make sure uh, you know my body holds up. No, every single match he had was, uh, you know, everything. Uh, he put absolutely everything into all of his performances. So I always admired that, and that was uh, some guy that I always always looked up to. Uh, CM Punk's early Ring of Honor stuff uh, was actually what got me into the independence. Like, just his promo work alone always blew me away. Uh, he, he was always a big favorite of mine. He's still a favorite of mine. Uh, Kurt Angle in his prime uh, was unbelievable. And then, obviously, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, just because of um, his his influence on me early on as a fan, um, he'll always be very special to me because you know he's the guy who made me want to be a pro wrestler. Uh, and then some of the favorites that I've been in the ring with, um, Steve Carino is a guy who's been one of my favorites. The the first time I ever had like a thirty minute match was against Steve Carino. It was really really early in my career, and uh, you know wrestling Steve and seeing how good that he was and his ability to teach me and. Uh, uh, you know, helped me learn the things that I needed to learn. Uh, really improved my confidence uh, very early on and made me, sh- uh, you know, strive to work harder and things like that. Uh, so so uh, Steve Carino has been one of my favorites. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is tremendous. He's a guy uh, over in the U.K. He wrestles for WXW. He did a tour of NOAA. Um, it, me and him always had really, really good chemistry, and he was a guy uh, wrestling him was just always a blast, and I always had so much fun with him. Uh, Sammy Callahan is another guy too, who I think is, um, just tremendous. I know he's going to make, uh, just a ton of money in, in pro wrestling. He, he just has such a, such a good grasp of who he is as a wrestler. And, uh, me and him again, have always had really, really good chemistry together. Uh, so those guys specifically, um, and I, and I'm sure there's more, um, so, so I don't, I don't mean to leave guys out, but those three yeah. are the guys that, uh, come to the top of my head as far as some favorites that I've been in the ring with. Mm. I think I can guess the answer for this one, but uh, CV and says, uh, who would be your dream opponent if you could pick anybody from any era? <laughs> yeah, uh, Shawn Michaels would be that <laughs> dream opponent. <laughs> I thought it might be. Um, uh, next one, Mantis Driver. He says, where do you see yourself in ROH in the next year or two? Um, what are your goals and achievements you want to accomplish in that time? Oh, yeah. Um you know, it's it's tough to say. It's it's really really hard to say um, where where I'm going to end up. Um, of, of course, we all have um, you know hypothetical dreams of where we'd like to be and things like that. And um, you know, if everything goes well with me and Eddie Edwards, I can say that what, you know when I first came into Ring of Honor when I was teaming with Kyle O'Reilly, I was so focused on tag team wrestling that uh, that I then of course became so focused on becoming the ROH World Tag Team Champions. Um, so the idea of becoming ROH world tag team champions with Eddie Edwards, uh, is something that, that I would really, really love to happen here within the next year or two. Uh, you know, especially if me and him continue to team and things like that, I definitely have that vision and would definitely love, um, you know, for that to happen. And then also, I mean, to, to be honest, I think anyone in ring of honor who, who is here and, and says they don't want to be ROH world champion someday, uh, is kidding themselves um, because I absolutely would love the opportunity here within the next year or two to kind of work my way up the singles ranks and uh, really develop myself as a wrestler and, you know, maybe one day become ROH world champion. Um, 
and then outside of that too, I, I love traveling. I love, uh, you know, seeing the world through pro wrestling. So I would love the opportunity to, uh, you know, continue to go overseas and things like that. Like I've been to Europe three times. I'd love to go again. I'm actually going to Japan next month. Really, really excited for that. Um, so I'd love to continue just to go overseas and just travel and, uh, you know, see the world through pro wrestling. Mm. You mentioned the, uh, the traveling there. We've got uh, a tweet from Graham Fisher who, uh, asks uh did adam like working in the uk because we loved him when he wrestled in capenhurst i must admit i'm i'm from england i've never heard of capenhurst you might be able to shed some light on that um and are there any british guys you'd like to see in ring of honor uh yeah i I loved wrestling in the uk uh when i went there the second time i went there i was uh there for a month um i was did uh three weeks in england and one week in uh one week in germany and um, the first two weeks, I worked for Brian Dixon's All Star Wrestling, and um, I just had the best time because it's it's so different than here in the United States in the sense of uh, there they have a show like every single day. I remember the first uh, eleven days I was there, I had thirteen matches, um, so I was I was really really busy. And uh, when you work for Dixon, um, it'll be like a like a Tuesday night, and there's 800 people in the crowd, and that's just unheard of here in the states. I mean, 800 people in the United States on a Saturday is a good draw. Um, whereas, you know, over in the UK, Brian Dixon has such a grip on what he's doing um, that he was able to draw so well all through the week and things like that. So I had I had such a great time uh, when I when I was over in uh, in the UK. Uh, and then uh, guys that I think would fit in great in Ring of Honor, the first two guys that come to mind are Zach Sabre Jr. and Marty Scroll, uh, the leaders of the new school. I think if those guys as a team came to Ring of Honor, I think they would wow the fans and they would impress them so much. I think they would fit in so well. I remember Dave even put out on his Facebook um, that he thinks that those guys should be in the Ring of Honor, and uh, I completely agree with him. I just think those two are so talented and um, have such a great future. I think if they move to the United States, they they – absolutely would have a have a great future in ring of honor mm, i'm looking enough to see them quite in action quite often so yeah i definitely uh, agree with you on that one um next one you might uh you might recognize this name this one's sent in by brutal bob he says um you know the question i'm going to ask why not bob <laughs> yeah uh you know brutal bob is uh actually i had one of my uh one of my first dark matches with uh with brutal bob evans and uh me and him had a had a pretty good match together too, and uh, I think Bob uh, just wants an opportunity in Ring of Honor um, to to showcase what he's all about uh, in the ring. And I think a lot of people um, will make a preconceived notion or opinion of Bob uh, based on uh, his his job in Ring of Honor right now, managing obviously the prodigy Mike Bennett, who's a who's another tremendously talented guy. Um, and uh, you know what? I don't know why not Bob, but I, I certainly think uh, think Bob with an opportunity uh, would would uh, impress quite a few people in the Ring of Honor audience. That's for sure, and that's my honest opinion too. Uh, you know, Bob Evans is a uh, is a actually really talented wrestler. He still does like he often does uh, like 60 minute Ironman matches, and uh, so he can certainly still go. Uh, that's for sure. So I think uh, I think Bob Evans with a with a match in Ring of Honor, like I said, would uh, really impress quite a few people. Mm. I think most of the guys we've had on the podcast have actually been uh, quite complimentary of uh, of Bob. So I'm not sure if he's uh, slipping you all sort of uh, checks or, uh, <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> um, a couple of interesting questions now from Harpoon IPA on the forum. He says that 
can an indie guy like yourself make enough money to live a wealthy lifestyle and be able to stay in the indies, or is WWE and TNA your only answer? Um, you can make a living on the independents. Uh, whereas, uh, for example, right now I'm fortunate enough where the only thing I'm doing is wrestling. Uh, a wealthy living, that's another that's another issue. Um, <laughs> now, yeah, uh, and and like and again, I don't know what um what his opinion of wealthy uh, would be necessarily. Um, but if, but if it is what mine is, uh, there's by no means you could never uh, work on the independence uh, until you're say 45 years old and then retire and you're set. Um, there's uh, WWE or TNA would definitely be the only option as far as your, your ability to wrestle, um, you know, a solid 10, 15, 20 years and then be able to retire and uh, say that, yeah, you were a pro wrestler, and that was what you did. Um, but but if you are in the right companies and work for the right places, a lot of times working overseas has a lot to do with making money in wrestling. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you can do well uh, on the independents for sure. Um, but as far as uh, living, uh, living the quote-unquote high life, <laughs> uh, WWE and I guess in some cases TNA would be, would be the only answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one from Harper and RPA. He says, uh, you're a great young talent. What kind of athletic ability did you have going through school? Did you star in high school sports or gym? Uh, actually, the only uh, sport that I really um, participated in uh, in school was uh, wrestling. Um, and I, I wrestled from sixth grade to ninth grade. That was it. Um, and I actually stopped wrestling in ninth grade to get a part-time job to start saving up money to go to professional wrestling school. Uh, because I, I had gotten what I wanted kind of out of, uh, out of amateur wrestling in school. Um, but you know, by, uh, you know, learning some conditioning drills and then learning technique and things like that. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed amateur wrestling. Uh, I loved the whole team atmosphere of it. Um, I, I, I loved the idea of, uh, you know, after school, you know, working so hard and literally like they would work us until we threw up. I mean, it was, uh, definitely one of the toughest things I've ever done. And I think, Anyone who's done amateur wrestling can attest to that. Uh, it's very, very difficult, really, really hard sport. Uh, but I did. I loved it. I loved the team atmosphere of it. I loved uh, the dual meets that we would have and getting all amped up with your team and uh, getting all stoked to go out there and wrestle. Um, but, but I knew, um, you know, come ninth grade, I knew that amateur wrestling wasn't my passion. Pro wrestling was. So I, I wanted to start my pro wrestling career as soon as I possibly could. And my parents were not going to pay for my wrestling school, as they shouldn't have. Um, so I knew that I needed to stop wrestling and just start working and, and, you know, making as much money as I could. So then I would go to school and then work after school uh, to save money up to go to wrestling school. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I did do, uh, did do a couple years of, uh, of amateur wrestling in school. Hmm. Um, Adam08 wants to know, are you a fan of football and basketball? If so, who are your teams? You know, I'm not. Uh, I'm actually not a diehard sports fan. Unfortunately, I'm one of those lame dorks that only watches pro <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> um, but uh, when I did watch football, like uh, like growing up, uh, I was a big Green Bay Packers fan. Like I was really into Brett Favre and uh, Reggie White and guys like that. Like uh, when the Packers were just on fire, mainly because my dad was such a Packers fan. Uh, so I, I did enjoy like the whole aspect of Sunday. Uh, Sunday afternoons or Sunday nights, you know, watching football with my dad and things like that. 
Um, and then, then when I discovered pro wrestling, I noticed more and more that when the football games were on, I was just flipping through my WWF magazine <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, just paying as much attention as I could to, uh, to pro wrestling. So unfortunately I don't follow as, uh, as many sports, um, because oftentimes too, a lot of guys, a lot of, a lot of wrestlers do follow, you know, you know, a lot of different sports and a lot of different sports teams. So when they talk about it. Uh, you know, I look at them like I'm a deer in a headlights, like I have no idea what they're talking about, um, because I, I just don't, you know, really pay attention. But I, I have said before that uh, I think I may want to get back into it and stuff like that and follow it. Because I always enjoyed, uh, you know, going to sporting events, like going to football games or going to hockey games or basketball games. I always I always do enjoy it and uh, and have a good time. But um yeah, I don't really, I don't really follow anything, especially right now. I'm just, I'm so wrapped up into, uh, into pro wrestling. Mm. Um, MFKR78 says, "What are your opinions on WWE and TNA nowadays? Do you watch them, and if so, what do you think?" Yeah, I, uh, well, I watch WWE. Um, I don't, I don't watch a whole lot of TNA um, because uh, I'll be honest. Sometimes it's hard for me to get through the program. Um, Whereas I still like, uh, you know, I'm still very, very focused on WWE. I make sure I watch as much as I can. And I do try to watch TNA as much as I can, too, because I think uh, if, you, if you're in this industry and, uh, and you want to be uh, and you want to be the best and you, you want to continue to improve and things like that, you need to pay attention to uh, to see what, you know, the, the guys on top are doing. So I, I really do make sure that I focus and pay attention to what's going on, like, uh, Obviously, WWE right now is um, is doing, in my opinion, extremely well because it's WrestleMania season. So they always uh, they always really step their game up. Like the promos have been so good, the in-ring segments have been so good. Uh, the way they built to WrestleMania, I'm very excited for it. I think it's going to be a great show. Um, so yeah, yeah, WWE I think is uh, is doing really well, and obviously, um, you know, them making as much money as they are, and then being on top for as long as they have. Um, people who say WWE sucks, I think it's, um, I think it's kind of a, uh, immature or like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't think it's the right way to look at it. Um, because obviously they're they're doing something right. Uh, you know, for as, for as long as they've been on top and their ability to, um, you know, draw 20,000 people into a building or for WrestleMania draw, 80,000 people into a building or whatever it is that they do and, and having, uh, you know, these people go crazy for their performers and, um, you know, just love and enjoy the shows. So that, so they're doing something right. And they do, they do do a lot of things really, really well. I still think ring of honor is the best in ring product, um, of the, of the three big ones. Um, but, but WWE is, is certainly, um, certainly doing a lot of things right. And certainly a product that I enjoy, um, and then TNA, like I said, I haven't, um, like religiously watched TNA in a while. Um, but, uh, from, from the little bits that I see, like I see, uh, like I, like I hear from guys that they uh, seem to be improving on some stuff. Um, but sometimes it is really, really hard for me to get into, uh, TNA. Cause one of the issues with me with TNA is, uh, for example, if, if you're a wrestling fan and you don't watch raw for like three months and you turn raw on. Within 15 minutes, you know exactly what's going on, um, and you're right back up to speed with everything. With TNA, I feel like if you miss a week, there's like eight different angles going on, and you're so confused as to what's happening, and you're lost. And like I, I've been watching wrestling for years, and now I'm even involved, and 
And if I'm lost, I'm thinking a casual fan must be super lost. Um, but, but then also there's, there's a lot of good things that, you know, about TNA also, like I love, you know, Bobby Roode is champion. I think Robbie, he's awesome. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of good things too about TNA as well. And I certainly, you know, wish them the best and hope that they keep, uh, you know, rising and things like that. Cause the more competition there is in pro wrestling, the better it is for pro wrestling too. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think any places where guys can go and make money and, and get to wrestle and do what they love to do is certainly a positive for the industry. That's what I mm. think. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, looking forward now to uh, to next Sunday. Uh, I suppose that the nerves are starting to kick in a bit with, you know, main event in your first uh, Ring of Honor show. I mean, is there a lot of pressure that comes with that? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, this being the 10-year anniversary event uh, and then us being the main event, you know, obviously the nerves are uh, the nerves are very very high. Um, but fortunately for me, uh, and fortunately for the you know other guys in Ring of Honor, is a lot of us are so busy, and uh, you know we're so we we have so many big matches like uh, you know every weekend. Um, so because you train so hard all the time, and because every single weekend you treat every match like it's such a big match, uh, you almost don't have time to be nervous. Uh, because you're training so hard and you're working so hard and uh, you're so ready for every opportunity that comes your way. So as much as I want to treat this like it's, uh, you know, just like every other match and uh, here we go, I'm going to treat this like it's the big one and it's the big one. Well, the, the problem with this is this one really is the big one. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, come, come March 4th, um, I'm certainly nervous. I'm certainly, uh, you know, very, very excited and I think that uh, I, this gives me a giant opportunity to kind of uh, to kind of show the world what Adam Cole is all about. So I, I don't take an opportunity like this lightly. I'm honored that I'm in this situation, and uh, I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to rock and roll for March 4th. Mm. And I know it's been about four years since you, you made your debut. I mean, do you, do you still sort of think, you know, how have I come this far in four years? Because, I mean, you, you know, the, the amount of you've, you've done in such a short amount of time is quite incredible, really, isn't it? There, there's, uh, there's certainly times where um, I, I sit back and think about that, uh, but kind of like what I mentioned earlier, I think, I think it's because, uh, because so many things have happened very fortunately for me so fast uh, that sometimes I don't have time to sit back and think uh, and reflect on, on what has happened in my career thus far. And uh, then you have moments like this, like on March 4th, where, uh, where I sit back and think, you know, wow, uh, you know, I went from uh, sitting in the crowd, you know, watching Ring of Honor, and, uh, you know, now I'm main eventing the 10-year anniversary show. And uh, th these are some big shoes to fill. And um, But it's certainly, like I said, it's something from the, the second I stepped through the ropes and I said that I wanted to train to be a pro wrestler, I never wanted to do this as a hobby. Um, I never said that, uh, yeah, you know, I'll do this and I'll wrestle once a month and I'm going to try to be decent at this. Um, I, I always said that when I wanted to get into this, that I wanted to be the absolute best that I could be. Um, so I've asked for this, and th this is something that I've trained for and worked very, very hard for, and something that I want really, really bad. Um, so I'm really, really thankful for it. Um, and then at the same time, it definitely surprises me that I've, uh, you know, gotten this opportunity so quick. But uh, I'm not going to let it pass me by. I'm, I'm, I'm going to embrace it and, uh, you know, do everything that I can. So, like I said, you know, show everybody that I deserve this spot and I deserve this opportunity to be here. Mm. And uh, lastly, for the people that are sort of still on the fence about whether to order the uh, 
10th anniversary show on uh, iPay-per-view. Uh, what, what should they, you know, be expecting from the main event? And, uh, you know, uh, why should they order the show? The, the big selling point for me for this 10-year anniversary show is, uh, is kind of like what the tagline says with Young Wolves Rising. Is, uh, you know, Ring of Honor for years has been promoted as this company that kind of um, lets the next generation showcase themselves and showcase uh, what they're all about. And the interesting situation about this is we've got two of the very best in Ring of Honor right now in the ROH world champion, Davey Richards, and then the only Triple Crown winner in Ring of Honor, Eddie Edwards. And then you have me and Kyle, who by some people have labeled, labeled us as, uh, as the future of Ring of Honor. And uh, I think for the first time in a long time, you're going to get uh, you know, two guys, in, in Eddie and Davey, in their absolute prime. And then you're going to get myself and Kyle, who are uh, kind of in that rookie card status of uh, just now really starting to push through the fence and kind of show everyone uh, in ROH what we're all about. And, uh, you know, I've said this before, um, you know, this match is not a blood feud. This isn't about us wanting to rip each other's heads off. Uh, this isn't about, um, you know, us trying to end each other's careers. This is literally all about proving who is the very best. And that's what I think Ring of Honor has always uh, sold itself on, is we're the best wrestling on the planet. Uh, so you're going to get four guys in there who are going to show the entire world and show Ring of Honor and show everyone in New York City uh, who is the very best. So I, I think, uh, you know, for for that time being, you're going to get to see four guys just lay absolutely everything that they have on the line. And, and this match um, means the absolute world to me. I, I literally have, uh, have trained and prepared and done everything in my career thus far for, uh, for March 4th, for this, mer- for this very moment. Um, so because this means so much to all of us, and because pro wrestling is all about passion, um, I think in, in March 4th in New York City, uh, you're, like I said, you're going to see four guys uh, all with that mindset. Um, we're we're going to give uh, we're going to give the world something very very special. I can promise you that. Mm. Right then, I'll say what, what I for one am uh, really looking forward to that match. And uh, thank you, uh, Adam. Thanks a lot again for uh, for joining us and uh, taking time out of your schedule to uh, chat to us again. Oh sure, yeah. Thank you guys very much for having me on. It's always a pleasure. You got you guys have done a really really good job uh, with the rwhworld.com website. You really have. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us, and uh, as Adam says, uh, next Sunday on uh, iPay-per-view, um, 10th anniversary show, just uh, $10, and you're not going to find uh, you know better value for money uh, anywhere else, really, are you, Adam, in, uh, you know, in, in wrestling? Oh, yeah, totally, and I, and I think, too, this is Ring of Honor's way of just saying thank you uh, for the past 10 years um, You know that the fans have supported, uh, supported Ring of Honor and been behind, uh, been behind our product and supported it. Um, so this way we're making it as easily accessible as possible. Like you said, it's only ten dollars, um, just for us to show you and for for us to say thank you, uh, you know, for supporting us for the past ten years. Okay, great. Thanks a lot for for joining us again. And, uh, good luck next Sunday. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you.